Welcome to 15 Minute Fundamentals, where we break down crypto projects and learn about the drivers behind the data you see on our charts. Today, I'm joined by Teddy Woodward, co-founder of Notional Finance, a fixed rate and fixed term lending protocol built on Ethereum. Hey, Teddy, welcome to 15 Minute Fundamentals. It's great to have you on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Uh, to kick things off, it'd be great if you can give a quick intro to Notional Finance for those not yet familiar. Sure. So uh, Notional is a lending protocol on Ethereum. Um, we've been around since January of 2020, so it's it's almost three years. Although uh, we launched Notional V2, which is when we sort of started to get serious TVL, that was almost a year ago. So we've we've been uh, live with Notional V2 for for something like 10 months now, and currently have something like 110 million dollars of TVL. And the special thing about Notional, so what makes us different, is that we are a fixed rate lending protocol. So, you know, prior to Notional, users in DeFi were only able to lend and borrow at variable rates that would change a lot over time. And what Notional does is it allows people to lend and borrow at uh, fixed rates of interest. Great overview and also pretty much covered like the main uh, innovation that you introduced to the market as well. Um, On that topic, could you walk us through how the fixed rate and fixed term loans work under the hood? Sure. There's a lot going on technically, sort of uh, under the hood, and and most of this, if you're if you're you know just a simple user, this is all going to be abstracted away from you in general, right? So uh, you won't need to know the depths of, of how Notional works, but but I'll, I'll explain it. So basically, the core concept here is called Fcash, and Fcash is is like a zero coupon bond in that it is defined by a currency type and a maturity date. So for example, December 2022 USDC is an Fcash token. And what that means is that that token is tradable and transferable and on its maturity date. So on December 2022, it is redeemable for one USDC on Notional, right? So it effectively represents USDC at a specific future date. That's what's special about Fcash. And the way we use this to enable fixed rate borrowing and lending is we allow people to trade between USDC today and USDC at specific future dates as represented by Fcash. So actually, when you are borrowing and lending, what you're actually doing is buying and selling Fcash. Okay, so think about it from a lender's perspective. So I have my USDC and I want to lend at a 5% fixed rate for the next six months, right? So uh, I wanna lend until March of next year. What I'm actually doing on Notional is I'm selling my USDC today and I'm purchasing March, 2023 USDC. And the exchange rate at which I make that trade implies a fixed interest rate over that period of time. So I might sell 100 USDC and get in return 102 March 2023 USDC, right? Which means that I'm earning two USDC of interest over the next six months, you know, which is like a, a 4% annualized return. So that's how Fcash works. And, and, and basically we have liquidity pools on Notional for each maturity where we have USDC on one side and, and Fcash on the other side in these liquidity pools. And so you know, when you borrow and lend, what you're what you're doing is you're trading with a liquidity pool. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the basics of how it works. Awesome, uh, great, clear overview of a technical concept. And like you said, from a user's perspective, it's it's a lot more straightforward. But always good to know what's going on under the hood. Um, zoom out a bit from the technicals. Uh, let's speak about the financials and the whole 
economic model of Notional. So if you could just walk through who pays fees for what and when and who they accrue to. So what's the split between liquidity providers and the protocol? Yeah. So I've noticed that with lending protocols, you guys classify the interest that borrowers pay to lenders as fees that the protocol generates? Yes, supply side revenue. So fees paid that accrue to supply side participants. So in this case, the lenders. Yeah. So so this is actually kind of an interesting, it's a complicated one for Notional because there's basically two kinds of fees. On the one hand, uh, when you borrow on Notional, you're, you're, you're paying interest, right? And that, and, and essentially that interest is going to liquidity providers or lenders. Now, I don't believe the token terminal captures that for us. Instead, the way uh, we define fees is like, basically anytime somebody borrows or lends, they're, they're trading on a liquidity pool, right? And, and similar to a, a Uniswap or a balancer, uh, we charge a transaction fee uh, anytime somebody borrows or lends. And uh, that transaction fee is split between liquidity providers and the protocol. Um, so, you know, again, similar to what you'd see in, in sort of regular exchanges. So it's, it's an interesting thing with Notional because you've got like this, these two, depends how you want to think of like, what is a fee? Now, I think if you included the interest that borrowers paid, the fee number would look a lot higher. Um, but like Notional doesn't get any part of that. Where Notional gets paid is like this transaction sort of trading fee. We get uh, basically a cut of every one of those fees. Yeah, as you said, we're currently only tracking the trading fees paid, which is split 80-20 between liquidity providers and the protocol as seen on the revenue share chart here. Pure interest fees paid are not showcased, but once they're added, viewers will get to see that 100% of these go to the supply side participants, as you mentioned, so they don't affect the protocol's earnings in any way and are thus not an indicator of financial performance directly. But we'll, of course, work together on adding these in the near future so the dashboard shows the entire picture of all economic activity on Notional, right? So both value flowing through the protocol and to the protocol so that anybody looking at the dashboard can understand how user activity develops and how you as Notional are able to capture that value from the activity. And in general on this user activity, what would you say are the main drivers and challenges related to your growth right now? I would say there's three sort of user groups for Notional, right? So there's in the same way as like a as a DEX. Notional has lenders, borrowers, and liquidity providers in the same way that a DEX has liquidity providers and then, you know, buyers and sellers, right? And I think what we've seen is succeeded in attracting liquidity. We have sufficient liquidity so that people can lend and borrow. We have also succeeded in getting people to lend on Notional. You know, we take security very seriously. And I think that that has been like well reflected in the fact that users are willing to lend to Notional for, you know, not super high interest rates, because I think they think that they see us as, you know, a, a high quality and, and, and sort of low risk protocol, which makes me feel very nice. Uh, so anyway, so I think lenders and liquidity providers, like we've been able, we've sort of succeeded in, in getting those guys on board. I think the the challenging thing has been getting uh, borrowing demand, and you know I think this has been challenging honestly for every lending protocol on DeFi, and part of it's market conditions related. So you know there's just like less of a demand for leverage because everybody's gotten washed out over the last six months, right? So that's that's part of it. But it's also the case that like, well maybe the just the demand for sort of 
borrowing over collateralized against crypto assets. So just the vanilla over collateralized borrowing demand. Well, maybe that's just like not that big. Maybe it's like not actually as big as you might have thought or hoped. That has been a challenge for us. Now, what we're doing to sort of combat that, we, we publish details of our newest sort of product that we're about to launch next month uh, called Leveraged Vaults. We published those details yesterday, if, if anybody wants to take a look. But I think that this is going to be a huge improvement for, for Notional and for DeFi lending in general. And it's going to drive a ton of borrowing demand on the protocol. You know, what this product is, is basically it gives users the ability to borrow on Notional fixed and deposit that cash directly into whitelisted smart contracts that execute specific yield strategies, right? And the innovation here is that the assets that sit in the yield strategy act as collateral for the loan. So it means that you can borrow like up to, you know, something like 10 times the initial capital that you're depositing, right? It's a complicated concept. It's, it's easiest to explain with an example. So like uh, one of our first yield strategies is going to be, you know, you're gonna be taking USDC, providing liquidity on balancer, staking the LP tokens on Aura and harvesting these incentives. And what a user is going to be able to do is, you know, maybe they'll bring 100K to Notional and they'll be able to borrow 700K on Notional and then take the total 800K and deposit it into that strategy. And then they earn the difference between the strategy's returns and the fixed rate on Notional, like on 10 times their initial capital, right? Or, or eight times in this case. And yeah, so, th so that's a leverage fault. We think that this is going to be a, you know, a huge step forward and create borrowing demand because it basically makes DeFi lending like much more efficient, right? Because like a lot of users in DeFi, like that's what they're borrowing to do. They're borrowing to put their capital into a yield strategy. And so we sort of like make that direct and make that happen in one click with like op with like maximal capital efficiency by allowing the strategy itself to be collateral on notional right so it like dramatically cuts down the sort of capital requirement for sort of the end user yeah leveraged vaults sound really fascinating like a solid addition to notional's product suite you mentioned balancer and aura um, in your example there and i was wondering what kind of role partnerships play in a building these new products and just b generally driving growth for Notional? I think partnerships are, are hugely beneficial and uh, they're one of the greatest things about DeFi, right? Is, you know, we're building open source, open source code. Our partners build open source code and that makes it possible to have integrations and partnerships that function at, at like a very, very deep level. So, you know, I think that integrations going forward are gonna drive a ton of growth and we've already, you know, we've already done some and we're gonna do more. You know, for example, these leveraged vaults that I, that I just talked about, we're launching with an initial set of strategies that uses Balancer and Aura. So we're gonna be putting capital on Balancer and then putting that capital on Aura. So we'll, we're gonna integrate with other protocols in the future to do sort of other leveraged vault strategies. So that's gonna drive a lot of growth. And then on the lending side, uh, we've actually got two sort of bond ETFs about to come online about the same time as leveraged vaults. So Index Coop is launching a product as well as this protocol called Future. And both of these products, they're ERC-20 sort of bond funds that lend fixed on Notional 
and then roll that lending forward, sort of manage the maturities for lenders. So lenders just get an easy access to an ERC-20 token that is like auto rolling forward. And those are also two big integrations that make it really easy for lenders to provide capital to Notional, right? And I think that those in combination with like the integrations on the leverage fault side are, are going to drive like a ton of volume. And, and it's because Notional is an open source protocol. And I think that this is like the great thing about DeFi. Yeah, 100% agree. And I'll actually make sure to um, add some info about the leveraged vaults into the show notes. Anyone interested in diving deeper can do that. We've covered a lot of um, really interesting topics here. And I just have one final question for you, which is that outside of everything that we've discussed here and upcoming developments, new products, etc., what else is on Notional's long-term roadmap. Other stuff coming up, we're launching this leverage fault things, fault product. There's going to be a lot more of these leverage fault strategies um, that we're going to build and, and you know, partner protocols are going to build with us. Um, we've already got some of those in the works and, and uh, uh, we're going to have more of them. So that's coming. Now, I think that that is going to do a lot to stimulate borrowing demand. After that, though, Notional still has things that can be improved you know, for example, the liquidity providers that we that we talked of earlier, um, they're extremely important to Notional's success. And like to date, Notional has been forced to incentivize them quite heavily uh, with the node token. And that is not ideal. And so I think the next batch of upgrades to the core protocol after launching Leverage Vaults are going to be focused on improving liquidity provider returns and efficiency. So both increasing the amount that they that they make and then decreasing the amount of liquidity that the protocol needs to get the same results for end users. The goal of that is basically that we can like massively reduce the amount of like token incentives that we're paying to liquidity providers. Because uh, basically I think of actual protocol earnings as like like we're generating all these fees, but we're paying, but we have to pay these massive amounts to liquidity providers. So I think that like, you know, where we need to get to is a point where lenders aren't incentivized. We're already there. Borrowers aren't incentivized. Leverage faults, I think, is going to get us there. And, and, you know, obviously borrowers aren't currently incentivized on Notional, but we just don't have that many of them. But leverage vaults is going to get us to the point where we can grow the borrowing base without incentives. So... Those two guys aren't incentivized. And then liquidity providers, we got to get to a point where they're not incentivized either, right? And then once you get to that point where like all three user groups are using Notional without incentives, uh, the thing is self-sustaining. And then at that point, the fees you make is like, that's actual profit. And so the next batch of upgrades after Leverage Vaults is going to be focused on liquidity providers so that we can... Uh, dramatically reduce token incentives and and actually get to protocol profitability. That sounds amazing, especially if I think of what we work on at Token Terminal. We're all about fundamentals, organic growth, and net profit. So you know you put it very well there. Uh, can't wait to see um, how things develop from here. I really appreciate all the insights you're able to share here on both broader DeFi and especially Notional. I think this is a great overview. We managed to explain some pretty complicated concepts in a simple manner. So really appreciate you joining, Teddy. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it was great.